Welcome to the Fair Talks podcast, where we educate everyday people for extraordinary change. I'm your host, Alicia Chan, Executive Director of Fair Trade LA, a community of business members, nonprofits, and fair trade enthusiasts driving proactive, sustainable solutions for a fairer world. I'm also a social entrepreneur with a passion for ending poverty and creating dignified jobs. Together, we'll explore how fair trade changes lives and communities and what we can do to address some of the world's biggest problems right in our own homes. Let's dive in. Fair Talks is brought to you by Fair Trade USA, the organization that brings you the Fair Trade certified label. Fairtrade USA is committed to building an innovative model of responsible business, conscious consumerism, and shared value to eliminate poverty and enable sustainable development for farmers, workers, their families, and communities around the world. Hi, everyone. This is the last episode of season three, and I want to share with you something that is very close to my heart. As this episode is being released, I'll be traveling to Fondue's Haiti on my 39th trip in 14 years. It's pretty crazy when I think about it. I just started going because I wanted to volunteer and make the most of my summer breaks at UCLA. Never would I have thought that I would do anything long-term in Haiti. But it was through my many, many trips to this village that I found my passion in creating long-term solutions to help alleviate poverty. So I made the decision to continue to invest back in this village, Fondue's. I started my fair trade business six months after I graduated. I still work with those Haitian artisans and farmers today through my social enterprise, Impactful Market. And since day one, I've been giving back to our village Fondue's through different programs, from our feeding program, where we hand out bags of rice and beans to families in need, to our scholarship program where we've given out almost 400 scholarships to help kids stay in school and have given our youth the opportunity of a lifetime to attend universities. This is what fair trade businesses are all about. Business for good. Business as a means to make life better for people. And I love this business model. As I gear up for this trip, I am so excited to see and hug all the kids. I can't wait to just put my phone down, listen to the kids laugh, let them play with my hair, and focus on making life better for people. I can't wait to feed the hungry, to deliver rice and beans to families who are starving right now. And this trip is going to be a significant one. We are doing something huge, something so big that it will impact generations to come. We are drilling and installing a deep well to bring clean and safe drinking water to our village through my nonprofit Impactful Missions. I can't believe I get the privilege of doing this and you can participate as well. I'm excited to share this very insightful conversation with our programs director in Haiti, Daniel Sinetus, as we explore the problems surrounding the Haitian economy, education system, and gang violence right now in Haiti. This interview really gives you a glimpse into the daily life of someone living in a country like Haiti, one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. And we do a deep dive into how we are now raising up future leaders to bring long-lasting solutions, which includes building a quality school for the poorest area in Haiti. Now, Daniel wasn't always our programs director. (laughs) When I first started going to Fondue's, he was only 12 years old. I've watched him grow up, become our translator as a high school student. 
He was one of our students in the scholarship program who got the opportunity to attend university to study business and was a recipient of our startup fund to start his first microenterprise. And now he is definitely a leader in this village who's gonna bring long lasting change to his people. My mission from the beginning was to put Haiti back in the hands of Haitians, and he is the first fruit of this coming to pass. I hope you enjoy getting to know more about what I'm doing in Haiti and consider partnering with us to make life better for people. Now, let's get to it. Hi, Daniel. Thank you for tuning in, checking in from Haiti. Hi, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Anytime we get to talk together and talk about different things regarding Haiti, it's a wonderful day. So I have known you, Daniel, since you were 12 years old, which is crazy. I tell everyone this. Like when I first met you, you were shorter than me. I have pictures to prove yeah. this. And now you're taller than me. You're our trusted right hand in Haiti, our translator, our program director. Like so much is on your shoulders. And it's because you have grown up with us and there's just that trust there, which is a beautiful thing. And yeah, but there's one thing that has not changed since you were little is that you can literally sleep anywhere. <laughs> you can fall asleep on a rooftop, on a boat, literally anywhere. That's a blessing. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's if so I funny. have a place to rest my head, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. I, I need some of that <laughs> blessing. But all joking aside, we call you the Black Panther of Fondus, our village in Haiti. And it's hard for a new person to fully understand the concept of how much your growth and your development has and will truly impact Fondus and the nation of Haiti. But let's try to unpack this for our listeners here today. Okay, let's let's try. Let's try to give them a taste. <laughs> yes. So first of all, I want you to tell us what it has been like growing up in the villages of Haiti. Uh, growing up in the villages of Haiti. It's I can say it's 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 there's a lot of challenge into that. But let's see how we can impact unpack that mm -hmm. I grew up in in Haiti my family um, they are from my mom's from Jackmel my dad is from a place called Bene up in the mountain and they met in Port-au-Prince married there and then they brought us to Fondue when I was three years old mm -hmm. so little kid mm -hmm. growing up in a village away from the city and it's has been challenging living there because living in in Fondue area, a place where you are basically disconnected from everything, disconnected from everything, even from a good education, mm. it's it's been really challenging. Thankfully, my parents they work hard enough. They sent me to a school, not in Fondue, but in in Tigua, a town near the nearest town to us there and even going to that school it's through a lot of sacrifices because my parents they didn't have enough means to to like pay for my tuition and stuff but thankfully with the team that's been coming to haiti 
they were able to help my parents to help me finish high school. This is basically the reality of everyone, everyone in our village. Mm. If like if God didn't send the team in Haiti, I I sincerely don't know where I would be right now. Wow. Sorry, I remember you telling me how your dad doesn't know how to read or write, but for them to see the power of education and try to send you to Tiguav where there is a better school, like that was a huge difference maker for you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Even like we are saying, we say that French is like a second language for us in Haiti, but if you don't get like a quality education, French, you can forget about French because in our village, like the teachers, they are not, um, they are not able to teach us French well. Yeah. Because even for them, they don't really get anyone to practice with. Yeah. And what's sad about that is French is Haiti's national language. So everything, the the official papers, government, you know, papers, all the government exams, if you yes. want to even have a chance to get a better job, everything's in French. So the fact that people who live in the villages don't even have a chance to learn proper French, there's already a huge barrier for you. And yes. unless, yeah, there's just no way of breaking out of that (laughs) unless unless proper education comes to our village (laughs) exactly exactly yeah i mean i remember first going there and just being so sad to see how the kids because most families have a lot of kids yes uh, a lot of kids so most of them don't get the chance to go to school or they have to take turns going to school and most of them will never finish high school i mean that is that is almost an impossible dream dream like even with taking turns like imagine you you step out of school for one year and you not even get time to practice much of what you learn yeah because practice with who your parents didn't have the education and you just got in for one year and the next year you stop so you don't even have the chance and uh, like to wait for your turn again it's a very broken system and there's there's no way of success through that it's no way no way it's really sad now, going back to you, so I met you on my first trip in June of 2009, but the team um, that we both know and love has been going to Fondue since, I think, 1999 or early 2000s. So uh-huh. you've been connected with our team leaders, Winston and Kimmy Bowie, since you were like two, three years old, and you essentially grew up with us. Can you tell us how that's impacted your life? How does that kind of set you apart from other people in Haiti? Yeah, I would say that's that's the huge blessing on my life, meeting the team, meeting Winston and Kimmy, because meeting them means so much. Like with me um knowing them, they were able to help me see further. Like there is a life beyond this. No one is doing anything else besides what our parents live. Mm-hmm. what the generation that lived before us, what they did, 
because it's, it's just very poor and nobody can help anybody in our village. But with the team coming in, I knew that because God sent them, there's a chance. There's a chance for me to go ahead because through, through the team, I was able to get a better education. Mm-hmm. With that, I can help others in my village. But beside them coming in, like, mm-hmm. how, how would I go out? How I wouldn't see nothing else out there besides what the generation before mm-hmm. did because there wasn't any change. Yeah, that is so powerful that you saw life beyond what you grew up with in the villages. Because something that we battle a lot in the village is that people only think short term, you know, they think of they're in survival mode. So they're only thinking, yes. okay, how do I eat today? Yes. Um, and something we had to deal with in the beginning with our scholarship program is the parents will take the scholarship money and use it for food because that's what they it's, needed today. And exactly. They, they have trouble seeing long-term, having a long-term vision of, oh, education is a long-term solution that can maybe mm-hmm. help break the cycle for our family. But and so for you to say that, like it gave you a vision of of what is possible beyond, like that is so powerful. Beyond and that really survival. has, yeah, that really has set you apart. I think you yes. nailed it there. Yes. So. Because, yeah, the like the generation before, they, they didn't have any belief that they can go past that. Mm. That's what been passing down to them. And that's the only thing that they knew. It's how to survive. They're only trying to live for today. What well, yeah. what can we get for today? How can we feed a family today? Yeah. Yeah. They they weren't thinking about like one year from from today. No. Right. It was like, what are we gonna do for today? Yeah. And yeah, they weren't any planning. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're that's what we're trying to do is and the only way to bring change is to really um see the future and figure yeah. out how we can bring that future to pass like how can we bring it into reality so yes um, so glad you grew up with that mindset now one thing that that really set you apart is your English (laughs) yes you grew up hearing us speak so you're familiar with all of our lingos and and all the you know all the things that we say which is rare for someone who hasn't lived in the U.S. (laughs) and you haven't even gone to English class before and no. you understand and speak better English than even the English teachers in Haiti, which is incredible. Crazy. And that's, it yeah, is. that's a huge shout out to you because even though you grew up with us, you also have to have the desire to learn. And I know that you study yourself and you pursued this yourself. And you also, because of all this, became my translator when I first started the scholarship program. And you were in the room with me as we're talking to the students, the parents, and even the university students, uh, because we had yes. to make sure, you know, we make sure we give them what they need and all that. So you were translating, I think, as a high school student. So yes. I'm curious, how has being in those rooms and those meetings impacted you? Like, how has it, how has those meetings of helping other people reach their dreams and their potentials like impacted you? Uh, where can I start? Like <laughs> in those meetings, I was able to form my own purpose, mm. seeing that other people have dreams, but they just didn't have like the way mm. to get there. So I was, I was like, yeah, they have dreams. It just they didn't have any 
means to get there. But in those meetings, I was able to learn like, yeah, you can have a dream and you can dream and just have faith like something will happen. But the generation before, they didn't even want to dream because that's what they grew up with. Mm. And with knowing English, like I, I'm able to talk to you guys to understand that this is not survival mode. It's not the only mode there is. Mm. You can you can pass that and in those meetings, talking to these students, helping them achieve their goals. Mm. That really like grabbed my heart, and mm. basically that's what I want to do. I want to give people hope. I want to mm. help people get there, achieve their dream like there's other way out there just then just the survival mode that our parents basically taught us Mm -hmm. unwillingly but that's the only thing that they knew Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that they knew that's how they grew up that's that's what been before them for years You know, I didn't even at the, in those moments, I didn't even think about how you being in those meetings would impact you. But wow, now I see the connection of what you're doing now and you being in those rooms. It's, yeah, it's wild. to Yeah. So I'm so excited. And you also became one of the students in our scholarship program yourself. You received yes. a scholarship to go study business yes. at a university in Port-au-Prince. I think it was like a four. Yes. Was it a four year program or five? Four year. Four year program. Yeah. And we also helped sponsor your first business, a motorcycle tap tap business, which for those people who don't know, tap tap is like a taxi in in Haiti. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've seen you take this opportunity and multiply it. Now I'm so proud to introduce you as a great (laughs) businessman. (laughs) You have several businesses running at once. So what did going to university in the big city in Port-au-Prince mean to you and how did it impact your life? Hey, so from living in, in the village where nothing nothing was happening, like it was a sit still, but going to the to the capital, Porto Prince, where you'd see like people are not just sitting. Everyone is mm-hmm. on the go, on the move, people are doing things and that really um set me up. Like in Fondus where nothing's happening but right there in, in the capital, you'd see everyone is busy. Everyone is out there doing something. I was able yeah. to, and with, and there I had two cousins, they live in the city, seeing them every day, they go out, they go out trying to make a living for themselves, mm-hmm. no sitting still. So mm-hmm. I've learned from that, from them, from the university, that there is a better way to do things with the opportunity that I've got from the team to start my first business, man, that really was like the foundation for me. Mm. With that business, I was, I learned enough that not only I can sustain myself, but I can save enough to do other business for me. Mm. But the system that I grew up with was just how you can feed yourself for today. Yeah. But with the opportunity that I've got, going to Port-au-Prince, um, having the opportunity to do my first business with with that first business, I 
I grew up like different business from that, mm-hmm. which I would never, I would never learn. I would never learn even how to run a business and fund it. Mm, yeah. That wasn't available. Like, yeah, just survival there. Uh, yeah, no, this yeah. is, this is amazing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, people just, I think in America, it's harder for us to understand the concept of most people don't even get the chance to finish high school. So never, they would never even dream of being able to go to a university. But oftentimes that is where you get the skills to help a whole community. And so when we send exactly. send, send students to go to university, these are the leaders that we're raising up in in Haiti that will eventually change Haiti. So it's such a special opportunity. And I want to say a huge thank you in this moment, because when I say, oh, we have a scholarship program, we help send you to university or we help send you to, to or we helped um, start your business. Like these are all donors behind these sponsorships. Yes. Like there's donors in America that joined forces with us, linked arms with us and said, yes, we believe in this vision. We believe in what you're doing. So let's change some lives. And so I hope they're listening because this is just a huge thank you to all the donors I'm who have so partnered with grateful. us. Yes. I'm so grateful because with them helping, they've, they've made a huge impact in my life. Yeah. Thanks to them. Thanks to the donors. Thanks everyone out there. Thanks for helping. You guys are really making a huge difference. Yeah. You you guys did it in my life and you guys are yeah. doing it in many others' lives. Something that you said that really touched me recently was that all these people are leaving Haiti. You know, US has a parole program, Canada has a parole program. So yeah, you told you told me that all of your friends, all the friends that maybe have a little bit more privilege, you know, and opportunity are leaving Haiti. They're in other countries. Brazil. What are some of the other countries? The US, Mexico, the US, yeah. Canada. Yeah. Chile. Like, like they all they all your friends have left. And I remember and you could easily take on any of those opportunities and pursue a future, a more comfortable future in another country. But you said something that really touched me that you feel like you need to stay in Fondue's because you see a purpose here to help, to help bring change to Fondue's and to Haiti. And I just think that that takes so much courage and humility to say that. Um, and I sometimes think about it myself, whether I would have the strength to say that, you know, if I was in your position. So I just want you to speak to that. Like what gives you the strength and the courage to say, I'm going to stay, even though Haiti's just experiencing so much difficulty right now, I'm going to stay. Hey, like you said, it, it is sad seeing all of the friends that I grew up with, like in high school and some, most of the university students that I know, they are living. They are living. Like even even this this past week, I had like four friends that just left wow. in the U.S. power. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are living. I understand why. Like I don't blame them for going because it's it's hard within security and like everything that's going on in the country right now. Like there's no way you can blame any of them. I understand wow. the decision. I understand the why behind it. But for myself, I just know that I have to stay. 
because me staying, I am a symbol of hope for the people in my village. Yeah. Like, because they know that Daniel shouldn't be here. Mm. Like, with how things are, he should be out there. But yeah. them seeing me stay behind, mm. and they already know that me staying behind is because I'm going to help them mm. achieve their dreams. Wow. I'm going to, I want to see a change. And me wow. staying behind is, is giving, it's sending a message to them. Mm. Telling them that there is a life here, even if mm. you can't see see it yet, but change is coming. Things mm. cannot stay this way. And my like, I want to see other Haitians grow up, especially for my village. I want to see them grow up, like come up with their own dreams, achieve their purpose in life. Yeah. I want to see doctors coming in from from Fondu, yeah. engineer. Yeah. Because the past generation, we didn't have any of that. We didn't have no doctors. None of our parents are any doctors, any um, engineer from our parents. No, we don't get that. We are like the first generation that is going, like coming out, out of this. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I live now, mm. the, like the, the people behind, they would say, well, what good can come up from Haiti, yeah. from especially from the village? But they yeah. see that, yeah, I was able to go and get an education in Port-au-Prince and I'm back in the village and I'm able to do well. I'm able to help others. So I'm hoping like they can see that and not only see that, but they can learn from me. And also, because I don't want to be like the, lone wolf out there doing it but i want them to join me join my path Mm -hmm. because if they do that they'll help others and that's how we turn the village around that's how we turn haiti around is we take things to our hands and we Mm -hmm. you know we get the education we implement we do business we teach better because no no good speaking teachers in 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 our in our yeah. village like for my generation to rise up yeah so i'm staying behind to give them that hope mm. to showing them that they can achieve it if yeah. i did it they can do it wow that's one of the reasons that i'm staying i'm staying i want to see the change i want to wow. not just see it but i want to participate Mm. not just be there as a spectator but i want to be there get my hands dirty with my people Mm. and seeing the change wow that's so powerful daniel (laughs) that you are you are a true leader um and i salute you for that um since the beginning my mission statement's been haiti in the hands of haitians and you truly are a first fruit of that and this just gets me so excited for the future because we're gonna we're gonna do it this we're gonna see this happen so i know that you're still on this journey of discovering your purpose and it's a lifelong journey but now that you're on this journey what do you see as your purpose like what is your dream for your life and for the future of haiti i hate to interrupt but we've got a surprise for you even a monthly surprise if you want. Have you been wanting to add more fair trade into your life, but aren't sure where to start? 
We have an easy way for you to support local fair trade businesses without ever having to leave your home. Our monthly fair package brings the world right to your door. Each month, you'll receive a surprise fair trade product curated from a dedicated ethical business. From artisanal soaps to shade-grown organic coffee, you'll find new fair trade products to love, all while supporting sustainable jobs from around the world. Keep your surprise for yourself or give it to a loved one. Do we mention it's super affordable? Subscribe for only $10 a month. Snack here is now at fairtrailaid.org backslash fair package and sit back, relax, and eagerly wait for your delivery. Now, let's get back to the show. I would say that my purpose is raising raising leaders, mm-hmm. raising other leaders to, to change this nation. Because when people hear about Haiti, they just see like it's a third world country and nothing good is coming out there. There's corruption. There's all these bad things the people are saying about Haiti. But I want to I want to like, I want to raise up leaders, people who have ethics, mm. people who are really bringing change in this nation. Mm. So I want to like, that's what I want to do. I want to empower others because I'm doing it myself. And if I can do it, many others can. Yeah. If I can try to be like being ethic, you know, Mm-hmm. like run like run past corruption yeah doing business honestly mm. how people can really do that if, because if we can if we have the unity because one of one of um one of the haitian state statement is um together we are stronger mm-hmm. and that's what I want to implement. I want to pl- implement unity. We can do it together because I'm doing it myself. If I, if I can do it myself, having two, three, four others, leader like me doing it, we can really make a huge difference. We yes. can start in, in our village. Yes. We can start it small, yeah, but we can keep implementing that, grow it, you know, go past the village go to Tiguas, yeah. go to um grand grave leo guy get to port of prince we can do it and it can really be a ripple effect yeah you just have to start somewhere and like em- empower others teach them <laughs> that they can do it this is exactly what we need someone who has work ethics have integrity to help lead this country and we're going to create leaders for people of integrity for the whole country. Now, I've had the privilege of being in the front row seat to watch you and many others grow and become the person you are today. And I'm so proud of you. So, so proud of you. I've been to Haiti for over 14 years, officially worked with artisans and established a scholarship program for 10 years. And I really see you, like I said, as the first fruit of how when someone's given proper education and opportunities, like they can break the cycle of poverty and change the, it will truly change the trajectory of someone's life. And I've been saying this from the start and maybe some people thought I was crazy. I was just a dreamer, but now being able to share your life with the world, I think we can truly say that it works and it's working. Um, and it, it, it already is happening. Um, 
And there are other names and other people we can share that are thriving in Haiti because of these opportunities. And I just see you and see these other people thrive after 10 years. And it truly inspired me to do this at a greater level and to impact more Mm -hmm. lives for generations to come. Like take this working model and, and, and take it to the next level. And so now the vision is to build a school in our village, Uh, not Mm -hmm. just any school, but like a leadership academy, a a school that will raise up leaders with a trade school. And the vision is, yes, raise up leaders for the country of Haiti and so that high school students and young adults can graduate with a trade so they can find work locally. Mm -hmm. So at this point, some of our listeners may be wondering, why not just continue the scholarship program you have and send them to a local school like which is a great thought, but can you share with us how how the education system is in Haiti and and why that may not be the best idea? <laughs> with that, like if we have our own school, like if we like the way that we're gonna do it, we'll be able to impact a lot more lives. Yeah. If we do it, we can also control the education because, right. like I said it before, the education is poor. Teacher on our area, they are not um, really qualified to teach. Yeah. So with us having our own school, we can really control that. And it's going to be in the village. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that the people in the village get a better education. And we'll also make sure that we have like qualified teacher right Mm -hmm. making sure that the kids that we have they have like a quality education Mm -hmm. yeah so i would say it's it will be like uh it will make a bigger impact if we have our own school yeah and making sure that the kids can come right instead of helping one student at a time we're going to be helping hundreds at a time and hundreds and like something that we've learned throughout the years is even though we send them to school and make sure they grad, they they make it through high school because of how poor the education system is there a lot of them is having trouble even passing the government exam because the schools in our village yes. are not preparing them for the government exam for that exactly so, yeah exactly. like you're an example of what proper education can achieve and so that's what we're trying to do here And I want people to know that I'm not taking this decision to embark on this journey lightly. I know that this is going to be a difficult and challenging project, to say the least. Uh, But also know that after much consideration, that I would regret it if I didn't try. Like, I knew that if I say no which would be a more easy and comfortable decision for me right now. I know that if I say no, though, when I am older, I'm going to always look back at this point in my life and ask, what if? What would the impact be if I said yes? Like how many lives would be made better right now if I said yes? And I just don't want to live with this regret. So Mm -hmm. I, I, so this is why I'm choosing to say yes right now, even knowing that this is going to be the biggest challenge of my life to this point and and the other thing is I want to do something that lasts I want to make a real impact with my short life like the years we all have on this earth is so short and this is why um, and your story Daniel's story is why like I can't (laughs) wait for many many more stories like yours that we'll be able to share for years to come so I 
in case our listeners don't know, last year we found the perfect piece of land in our village. <laughs> like it yes. cannot be more perfect. It's like right there no where we've been serving for all these years and it's just it's just empty. This beautiful this beautiful land that I feel like has been saved for us. And we're stepping out to do this. And you've been a part of this dreaming process with us. You've been a part of this journey. It's been magical and incredible, difficult, but incredible. So I want to ask you, as someone who grew up in the village, Fondues, what does this opportunity mean to you? Um, and I'm sure uh, you, you've been sharing how excited people are in the village. Like, what does this opportunity mean to the village? And I don't even know where to start. Like... <laughs> Knowing that you're going to get proper education or loans, mm. that's a huge blessing. Wow. And you, like, you like I don't know if people are, if they can really imagine that. There is a, a lot of people, they, they start school, not finish. But with the school, they already know, like, they can finish through it. And the other thing is, having the school there, we're going to have, like, a trade school, there's people like the the minimum the least amount like that get to finish high school they finish but they don't have the opportunity to go to university yeah. they end up yes finish high school but they don't have a trade mm -hmm. like they can't work because yeah. there is not they don't have they don't, they don't have the skill yeah but with this opportunity coming knowing that we're gonna have proper education and we're not just going to start something and not finish it. They know that, yeah, we're going to finish high school. We're going to finish with school and not just finish. We're going to finish with a trade. Yes. And not just that, <laughs> but <laughs> that's going to be a lot more opportunity for them because yeah. like I'm a leader in my community and people are seeing like all of the blessing just by getting a proper education. Yeah the amount of blessing that get me and yeah. that's i'm not just gonna be the only one mm -hmm. imagine like 10 people yeah. in the village yeah. having good yes. education having a good skill right. it's powerful it's life-changing yeah you know it's I, gonna change so many lives man i've i've seen it through my mom's life once we mm -hmm. raise up all these leaders this village is going to be turning into a bustling city Yes. Like we're going to play this video back decades later and <laughs> and hold my words like this is this village is going to be turned into a bustling city. If we raise up that yes. many quality leaders, they're going to come invest back in their community. They're going to be starting exactly. businesses. They're going to be doing all these things where where the whole village, that whole part of Haiti is going to be lifted up. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the ripple effect, it's not just going to be the village. Mm -hmm. It's gonna change Haiti. I really believe that. I really believe that. Yeah. Now, a lot of our listeners are probably aware of the dire situation in Haiti right now. The gang violence, no president yeah. or elected officials. The food prices are so unaffordable. It's ridiculous. And I am grateful that our village is not in or next to Port-au-Prince where all the violence yes. is. I am grateful oh, yeah. we're in the rural part of Haiti. So some people may call us crazy for wanting to do this right now. Um, tell us, 
I guess first tell us how it has been for you mentally and emotionally living in this daily insecurity in Haiti and why you think we need this more than ever right now. Like most Haitian now they are saying like you can only hope for like achieving one day with the gangs, violence and everything because you never know. Like there is so many like even in our village right now, there is so many refugees coming because of how the games are. Yeah. People are dislocated, leaving their homes, yeah. coming down here. Like it's like it's it's tiring to, to just even think about it, how it is. It, emotionally, like it's 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 not like you are even living with the things with how things are. You know, and most of the foods we get are coming from Port-au-Prince. And each time like a truck is trying to come our way, it's it's crazy because sometimes the gangs, they kept one truck. And for the truck to come over, you have to pay more. You have to pay the gangs to get through. And with that, making food prices, it's over the top. Yeah. Right now in, in our village, like it's, like people they are starving and there's not like there's nothing much we can do about it mm. yeah but coming up with this idea where we're gonna have a lot more down here over in our area mm -hmm. people will be able to like create more things here yeah. they don't have the education so what can they do what can we do right. how we can do it because they don't know how to so yeah. with bringing the school there where people can have better education and that will also help help um change the mindset of a lot of the young people because the gangs are getting paid mm -hmm. yeah. and you know, they are getting paid and we have a lot of young people going up in our village. They don't, they can't like, they can't even get a good education. Yeah. Like the only thing that they are, they can think of right now is why don't I join a gang? Because I'll get fed. I'll right. get money. Right. I'll be able to do this or that. They yeah. don't have the education. They, they can't like, they can't rely on education because they can't afford it. Yeah. They can't even afford education. So, so, so why not join the gangs and make some money and support the family? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been it's been challenging living in Haiti right now. But I have hope. I have hope that's why I'm staying behind because yeah. I believe like this can change. It's gonna change. It has to change. Yeah. And us thinking about doing the school there, gonna give people like another pathway, another way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I think just us bringing this to our village is giving young people a way out of yes. what the trajectory of this country is going. Like if yes. there's no other opportunity, like you said, they are going to join the gangs because what other opportunities are there? Exactly. So, no other option. Yeah. So this is crucial for this time. And 
so many nonprofits, so many people have pulled out and I understand yes. it's because it is dangerous, but this, what we're creating here is crucial for this moment. We cannot just wait for things to get better. Cause if we are, if we don't bring the solution now, things are not going to get better. So no. yeah, I've always been passionate about long-term and sustainable solutions. I don't just want to put a bandaid on something. Um, mm -hmm. Many times that does need to happen. So like we do give rice and beans to families because people are literally starving. So yes. I'm in no way saying that that's not important and, and we have to do that, but we also need to, at the same time, invest in long-term solutions. And that's how you bring real change. And yes. talking about investing in long-term solutions, now that we have the land, I am excited to share that <laughs> our first step to this entire journey, and trust me, we've asked a lot of questions. We have met with a lot of people. Um, so, but, so with all that research, uh, we can say that our first step to this entire journey is to drill and build a well. And this is one of the main reasons I wanted to invite you here to share uh, most people may not fully understand the impact of a well in a village in Haiti. Like, what does that mean? And every time I come back to the U.S., I just feel so spoiled because I just have water. Anytime I turn on my faucet, I can wash my dishes whenever I want. I can shower with hot shower whenever I want or hot water whenever I want. I can drink clean water whenever I want. Um, I can water my garden anytime I want. Like I just feel so spoiled and privileged. So can you tell us what the reality is like in the rural villages of Haiti? <laughs> uh, what can I say? Where, where can I even start? Because it's, it's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the difference. It's night yeah. and day. The difference. Like in the village... There is no running water. Like, there's no way you just turn on a faucet and water come out. Like, that's not a reality here. That wow. is not a reality. And, like, the disease that you can get from bad water, yeah. there's a lot. You can get cholera yeah. from that. You can get typhoid, polio, mm -hmm. and so on. Like, there's so much disease you can get just from bad water. And, like... Getting water is challenging. Yeah. Getting clean water is something else. Like just getting water, just mm -hmm. getting any kind of water, it's challenging. Yeah. But getting clean water, it's it's it's, it's another challenge. It's another layer. Yeah. To it. So, wow. um, the way that it is in the village, if you like, let's say you want to take a shower, you want to, you know, just get yourself clean. First of all, you need a bucket. A mm -hmm. five gallon bucket yeah uh -huh. you're gonna need that and you're gonna walk at least at least 15 minutes mm -hmm. that's bare minimum right that's that's if you're lucky you walk if you're lucky minutes. yes if, if you're lucky <laughs> yeah if you yeah if your house is right there and you're lucky yeah that's 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 it but if you're not close to the well or any water you have to walk at least like 45 to an hour and people climb yeah. mountains with these buckets of water because exactly. people live in the mountains i don't know exactly how they yeah you like thinking about carrying five gallon <laughs> bucket on top oh of my. your head 
Oh my god. Yeah, on oh. top of your head and walk for like 45 minutes mm. with that on top of your head. Mm. And wow. That's enough water just for a shower. Wow. What about drinking water? What about cleaning yeah. your dishes? Yeah. But like you can even talk about like watering your garden. <laughs> yeah. How many trip how many trip? Yeah. How many five gallon buckets <laughs> you'd carry? Oh my gosh, that just breaks my heart. Yeah, like carrying that on top of your head, it's heavy. Going one way for a shower, that's one. But getting water to wash your dishes, Mm. you know, drinking water. And like, especially in Haiti, it's basically we only have like two seasons, hot and hotter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The amount of water you drink. Yeah. That's yeah, and having a family like of five, six people, right. carrying water for all of them to shower, the yeah. dishes. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 yeah. crazy. And, and oftentimes, yeah. I see the kids, like the little kids, or like the really tiny girls, just carrying these buckets. I'm like, how do they even have the strength to do that? To do it, yeah. It, there's no other option. That's the only option that we have, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And like what makes things worse, most of the wells you have to pay, pay to mm-hmm. get water. Wow. Like I already mentioned that the economy it's not it's not good. So people did not even have like they're not even making that much, but also paying for water. We have a saying, say, like, water is life. Basically, paying for life. Paying to get life. Paying Mm. to get water. You pay for it. You carry it. You know, it's heavy. You walk with it. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And also, like, it's not available all the time. Mm. Like, you have to plan ahead because the well in the community not just you pay for it but there's a certain time Mm. so you have to plan if you're gonna take two showers a day it's gonna cost you that much and you're gonna set time aside to carry those Mm. those buckets to get your water ready yeah Mm. you have to get your money ready get you know plan to have enough time to do it and how many trips you're gonna do how many water are you going to use? Yeah. 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 As you're talking, I'm just envisioning these moms looking at the limited money that they have and they have to decide, mm-hmm. do we go get water? Do we oh, go eat. get food? Yeah. Or do I send these kids to school? Like, I can't even imagine that sort of decision. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's, that's heavy. And recently, recently, most of the wells in our village dried up. I was shocked when I heard about that. Can you tell us what happened? So we 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 had a drought, no rain for for like over three months, mm-hmm. and some of the well they got dried up because one of the reasons is they didn't dug them deep enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the village is using the water, so there wasn't enough water for everyone. Mm. 
and with the drought, like even that's affecting even the crops this year. Mm. So the last, like the, I would say the only thing that the, the past generation know how to make money with, mm. with the drought that, that got taken away. Mm. No, that no, because no water, no water. So the garden couldn't get any water. You couldn't any, you know, get water. And also with the well that didn't get drilled deep enough, yeah, making like not enough water. I was learning something about how there's different layers on the earth and there's this like aqua layer. I feel like I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's like you have to dig past that because the aqua mm -hmm. layer is like emptying up right now, which I'm sure is a deeper issue <laughs> here on this earth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just so crazy. So we're not just is it hard to get water, you have to travel to it. And now most of the wells are dried up. So there's only particular spots where you can yes. even get water, which most people which means most people have to walk farther. farther this is yeah. just layers and layers of barriers to people's lives. So then my question is why why is this our first step in in before we can even build a school or, or anything like that why do we need a well before we start building anything else okay so one of one of the reason this is gonna be like a huge relief for the village altogether because getting water is already hard and not like the drought season where there's no water basically on on the village so drilling a well that will be a huge relief for the community and the other thing is we want to start building and for us to start building, we're going to need water. Yeah. So we're going to need it for construction. We're going to need it um, for running water, for toilets. We're going to need it for ourselves. And also it's going to be a huge relief for the community, especially during this time. Yeah. It's just something we don't think about in America because when we start <laughs> building something here, we already have water. <laughs> you know everywhere and so we don't think about oh wait we need water to do you know to do these projects so literally Ooh. for us we need to tap into a source our water source before we can talk about anything <laughs> else that tr water truly is life it um, is it is yeah so you've been representing us and meeting with different well drilling companies um, and something that we are looking into for ourselves is this dual system one that can mm -hmm. be run by electricity and it has ma a manual pump. So mm -hmm. the manual pump is for when we don't have electricity, which is most of the time, like there's no city <laughs> power. The electricity now, comes from, yeah, there, there's it's no city nice. power. So it's like most people to have electricity, they need a generator, which to operate a generator means you need to buy gas and gasoline yes. prices are, it's how much so is it per gallon right now? It's 16, 16 U.S. 16 dollars per gallon. 16 U.S. Right dollars per gallon. Here we are in California complaining about $4 a gallon <laughs> of gas. So it's $16. How is anyone going to afford this? So anyways, this is why we need a dual system that can run by electricity and you can just manually pump it. Um, mm -hmm. 
And the good news is, I'm really excited to share this, is that <laughs> we found a company that now has this new technology. It's like the newest technology that they're even helping World Vision implement this in their wells. Yes. Um, is using solar panels instead of generator, which needs, yes. like I said, needs gasoline to operate. And one thing we have plenty of in Haiti is sun. Sun, yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us, this is a huge deal. Tell us more about this, this opportunity. We're going to be the first in our village. <laughs> yeah, so like you said, I've been researching different companies, asking them different kind of questions. But I find this company, Water Solution, and this, they mentioned they have solar, and they are the only one. On our area, I asked, I've asked everyone that I've asked, they, they said, well, they can, they can do the manual pump, mm -hmm. but electricity, it's either you hook it to a generator or city power. You already said it. We don't have much of that. And in the past, when we used to have it, it would be like for a certain amount of hours. Yeah. Not for, yeah. Can't like you may, no, no, it's not reliable. Yeah. One, you don't know when it's coming on. The second, you only have it for a short amount of time. Right. Sometimes it's just four hours. That's it. Four mm -hmm. hours. Yeah. And that's it. You don't have it. But that company, they have um, a solar panel. So with the solar panel, it can, and you, you mentioned it, we have a lot of sun. Yeah. With that system, it can pump um, 800 gallons per hour. Wow. Yeah, and wow. it's 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 new. It's one of the newest technology that we have because in the past all of the pump that they they dug was just manual or electricity or gen right. generator. That's that's the only thing that they had, but they just get that out. It just because we can't rely on the city power anymore. Mm -hmm. The solar it's it's the best solution for right yeah. now. Because we have plenty of sun. We have plenty of sun. And like, even if we did the generator, if we had the generator system, we would only be able to pump water if we turn it on. But with the yes. solar, it's it's 24-7. We can have water 24-7. Yes. yes. That is incredible. <laughs> and you were telling me, like, if we have that operating 24-7, people like these ladies don't even have to pump the water manually. Yeah, because pumping five gallons, how many yeah. times a day? That's yeah. it's, it's it's already hard. And uh, again, you have to carry the bucket on your head. Yeah, and you have the walking distance. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be a relief. Relief. They can get water closer, and the other relief. It's it's you know the all the the pumping. Yeah. Many a day. Sorry, surprisingly, it's the women who get the water, which is, yeah. it is surprising to me. It's, it's the women, not the the men with the strength. It's the women who are carrying these on their heads. It's incredible. Yeah, it's going to be a huge help for them. That's yes. going to be a good release. Yeah. And just the time saved, the energy saved. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be, it's going to change so many things for our village. I'm so excited. So, so this company actually came out to the land and, and they did a, a test and they were scanning the ground to find the route of where the water runs. And they were able to yes. find uh, two canals and there's a yes. certain spot that is on our land uh, where both canals meet. 
And this spot is where we'll find the most abundant and clean water. Clean water, yes. Which is so exciting. So this is where we're going to put our well for the school and everything else. So, um, and also based on this test, uh, we found out that we need to dig anywhere from 175 to 200 feet deep. And this process is going to take 15 to 20 days. We're going to be able, we're going to have to house this team of people and the machine that they're bringing in is caught. It costs them like over $50,000. Like we are, we are bringing in (laughs) the, (laughs) the team here to make this happen. So we've gotten quotes from these different well companies and it's going to cost us around 20,000 to, to make this happen to make all this happen, to dig a well, solar panel, everything like that, which is when you think about it, it's such a small amount compared to the lives, the generations, the years of people that will benefit from this. So is there any last words you want to share about this? I want to say um, to anyone out there who are listening, know that um, you helping, it's not just going to benefit one person. It's going to benefit a whole village. And the well is the first step. That's yeah. It's going to be huge already, the well. But with the school, you guys are going to make mm-hmm. a huge impact in the generations yeah. to come. Yeah. You know, you're going to help change Haiti, help mm-hmm. change, help bring more people like me, more leaders like me, people yeah. who have a better education, people who can really make like a difference Mm -hmm. in this country so please consider helping us helping us Mm -hmm. achieve this helping us make the first step and the steps to come thank you thank you daniel i i believe that this this moment of drilling this well of tapping into this water source is a symbol for us in haiti of just tapping into the future of, of this this will symbolize life that we're yes. bring new life to this country and to to our village to the future generations. So, I just want to invite all of our listeners to be um, a part of this with us. Uh, be a part of bringing clean water to our village. Be a part of impacting future generations, boys and girls at our school. Uh, be a part of impacting these women and all these lives just through clean water, and so that yes. we can flush our toilets in the school so we could <laughs> cook meals with clean water and everything from building the school, the, the walls, like it's this well, the ripple effect is huge. Everything just springs out of this one critical piece, the well. So please visit impactfulmissions.org to help us bring clean and safe water to our community in Haiti. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Juliette Bucquerel, our editor, Kaden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. 
hope you enjoy this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org slash podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune in to our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening.